The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. Live from the WGBB studios in Merrick, New York, this is Sports Talk New York. Good evening and hello again, everybody. Welcome to Sports Talk New York on WGBB here in Merrick, Long Island, New York. I am your host, Bill Donahue, and I'm taking you through the first hour on this Sunday night, the 16th day of January 2022. We've got our engineer, Brian Graves, with us. He's sitting right across the way here. I'm happy to welcome you aboard tonight. Glad you could be with us uh, on the schedule for tonight. Leading off, we'll talk to former Knicks and Bulls center Bill Cartwright. Then we'll welcome in former Mets and Yankees infielder Alvaro Espinosa. He's going to join us, so sit back, relax, get comfy, enjoy the show tonight on GBB. As always, we got some great people and some great sports talk and memories up ahead. We are on Facebook, we are on LinkedIn, and we are on Twitter. At WGBB Sports Talk, you can also follow me on Twitter at B Donahue WGBB. And if you miss a show, don't worry because they're all archived out on the website. You can listen to them at your leisure and enjoy that stuff out there. Well, our first guest, he was a former player and former head coach of the Chicago Bulls. Uh, 7-1 center. He played 16 seasons for the Knicks, the Bulls, and the Seattle Supersonics. He helped the Bulls capture consecutive championships in 91, 92, 93. He attended Elk Grove High School in Elk Grove, California, played his college ball at the University of San Francisco. It's great to welcome to the show tonight Bill Cartwright. Bill, good evening. Hey, Bill. Uh, glad to be here. Glad to have you with us, Bill. Now, growing up in California, who were your favorite teams? Who were your favorite ball players back then? I, well, you know, we were really familiar with what was uh, local. And you got to remember, look, we didn't have ESPN. And, right. You know, it was, and remember at that time, it was the NBA game of the week. So probably the thing that we listened to most often was uh, baseball. I was a big baseball guy. I love the Giants. I really love the A's. Uh you know, when Reggie Jackson first came up and oh, yeah. like Rick Campy Campanaris. Yeah, good, good club. Yeah. I know. So, um, just local sports and basketball wise, of course, it was Wilton, uh, and Jerry, Jerry mm-hmm. West, uh, because they you saw them most often. And, uh, at that point in time, uh, you know, the, uh, Warriors really weren't kicked in, uh, Probably saw more Oakland Oaks or Rick Barry in those days. So. Yeah, the old ABA. We all love that. That's for sure. Now, yeah, yeah. So that was that's where we grew up. You you went to Elk Grove, like I said, Bill. You remember the Thundering Herd? Uh, very successful high school career you had. Yeah, I was very fortunate. I had a great coach with uh, Dan Resling, who was a really motivated. Uh, Person, great coach, uh, probably spent more time with us than any coach, uh, in California. We were together, uh, at least five days a week minimum, uh, just playing or at his house eating his food, but, uh, really learned how to play basketball from there, compete, 
uh, and it was it was it was good when I was lucky we were um, our teams there uh, we were big I played with another big guy Terry Soffler later on went to mm-hmm. Northern Arizona State uh, Kyle Bartles who went to the Air Force Academy uh, played with this guy Phil Mann and uh, Mike Pickerman and we were probably as big as any college team so that year my junior year we're 30 and 0 Wow. And we lost most of those guys. So my senior year, I think we lost five games, but we did. He ended up uh, winning Northern California Championship. So uh, it was good times. It was good times. Yeah. Uh, after that. Now in college, that, Bill. Get the USF. Yeah, USF. You had a great career there. Uh, another big starting lineup, as you, as you said. Uh, three trips to the NCAA tourney. Uh, you went to the, uh, went, uh, the first round in 77 and the Sweet 16 in 77 and 79. So you had a great college career as well. Well, we, we, uh, were the number one team in the country for most of the year, my sophomore year. So we were disappointed that, uh, we had a great season. We had won 29 and, and, uh, oh, and we ended up finishing the season 29 and 2. So, and it was a great year. It was special. Um, I played with some special players, uh, went for Boyne, James Hardy, Marlon Redman, uh, Chubby Cox, all those guys ended up going into the NBA at one point in time. But, um, you know, we, we, we did fine, but we just did not get to a final four. We definitely did not get to a championship. Mm-hmm. So that was that was disappointing. Definitely disappointing. Yes, Bill. Now you were the third overall pick in the '79 NBA draft. I remember that selected, of course, by our own New York Knickerbockers. And you made your only All Star game appearance in your first season. How did you feel going number three to the Knicks, Bill? Well, I was lucky to go to the Knicks, and we there. We had a great coach. Uh, Red Holzer was there. Um, but Spear was actually one of our assistant coach, and uh, Hal Fisher, who coached the uh, All Army team, he was. Those were our three assistant coaches. But uh, our star player was uh, Marvin Webster. Um, Earl Monroe was on a, was on my team, which was special. Um, we had a young Michael Ray Richardson. We had a young Ray Williams. Good uh, as we could imagine. So mm-hmm. we were very athletic, very wild. Yeah, um, uh, it was uh, it was it was good. I, I luckily and not luckily for Marvin, Marvin got sick, and I ended up uh, being able to play a lot. As a matter of fact, my rookie year, I was second in the league in minutes played. So um, it was a great opportunity, a chance for me to play against uh, guys that only. Seen on TV, my first game was against um, Philly, and uh, who's the, who's playing for Philly? Doctor J. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and and the starting center was uh, Daryl Dawkins. Chocolate so Thunder the, from the Planet Lovetron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was really intimidating uh, to start the game. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's funny that. Um, Joe came over to me before the game started, and he looked at me and says, don't worry, I'm not that tough. (laughs) 
And then I thought, God, how how scared do I look? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's so, that's great. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was something I always remember. But I uh, just got a chance to play against all those different guys, against Dave Cowens and Artis Gilmore. I got a chance to play against Cream and guys like Dan Etzel, and seemingly everybody in the league uh, had a really, really good starting center. Yeah, that and, was uh, that was the time of the center, Bill. Uh, even prior to that, with, with Willis Reed and, like you said, Dave Cowens and uh, Wilt and, and uh, Kareem, that was when teams had actual centers in the middle, like yourself, uh, big yeah. guys, and uh, who could shoot the ball, who could go to the hoop, play above the rim, and uh, those were the, those were the days. Like you said, every team had a great center. It seems like you mentioned a lot of Hall of Famers that you played against. Yeah, yeah. So offensively, I was fine because I, I could score against those guys. Defensively, start the year, I got to tell you, I got killed. Wow. I had no clue how to guard these guys. So um, it was it was it was great, you know. I had an opportunity to play, I had an opportunity to learn, uh, I had an opportunity to establish myself uh, as a player. Um, it was uh, it was it was a great time. So uh, and, and I'm young, I'm 22 years old, so I'm feeling pretty good. So it was it was it was a fun time. Definitely, yeah. New York, I can see that, Bill. Speaking of Bill Cartwright tonight on the program, now you averaged more than twenty points your first two seasons, but then you had some some injuries. Tell us what happened. Well, um, during the summer, I um, I used to work out, work out a lot, so I, I can remember this perfectly. So I was running, and you know, my schedule usually run in the morning, you shoot left later on, and then. Maybe play some two on two or three on three at the end of the day. So I'm running and I stepped on a rock, mm. not a big rock, a low rock. So, yeah. Um, and it kind of bothered me a little bit. So I stepped on it and then, um, instead of taking some time off, I just kept running on it. Mm. And what developed out of that? was a stress fracture. So during the course of the season, when I was playing, I, I had to, I had, I had to stop. Like I couldn't run anymore. And, uh, they opted to, uh, not do surgery and just wait for it to heal on its own. So the season ends and I go back and I'm working out and I'm feeling like I'm fine. And then training camp, I'm ready to go, ready to rock and roll. I'm feeling good. I get there nice and early to uh, get taped. I'm the first one there. I had everybody there, the coaches, everybody, except for Mike Saunders, our trainer. He tapes me. I go on the floor. I shoot a hook shot, and bam, bone popped in my foot. It broke. Oh, boy. So I go from missing half the season. Now my foot is broken so that now they finally pin it which was which is probably what should have happened in the first place mm -hmm. and now I'm, I'm out for the year so um i go from my first year to my first two years where i did not miss a game and then now all of a sudden hey this guy's injury prone yeah 
there's nothing wrong with them. But uh, it was um, it was it was it, it wasn't it wasn't easy for me to be out that long. I've never been out. I've never not played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I can imagine. Um, luckily, yeah, yeah. Luckily, I've got a great family around me, and I had a lot of encouragement to, to work my way back in that season. And uh, luckily, I was able to come back, and you know, my foot was fine, and. Um, the career was fine, so I was. I ended up being okay, but for that year and a half, oof, no good, right? That was, that was, those were not good times. Now we all remember the 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 footage of the uh, the the 1985 NBA draft. Dave DeBusher is the president of the New York Knicks, then the great Dave DeBusher, the Knicks. Uh, who n- never won a lottery in, in, in their lifetime and don't even come close these days to winning the lottery, win that year, and they take from Georgetown the great Patrick Ewing, number 33. Now, how did you feel, Bill, that they drafted Patrick Ewing? You, you mustn't have, have felt too too good about that. <laughs> nah, you know, for me, I, I, I felt fine. I mm-hmm. wasn't worried about anything, whatever my feeling was is whatever was going to happen was going to happen. Um, it was funny, you know, Patrick and I practiced against each other uh, the first couple of days, and we had a couple pretty sizable collisions. Um, so after that, I, uh, I actually approached him and told him, I said, hey, look, we're both really aggressive players. Why don't we just try to work, work together and... Uh, Try to make each other better, and and from that day we've been great friends. So, uh, you know, I I I love Patrick. He's a great guy. He's an extraordinarily hard worker, um, great teammate. So um, um, I I had a good time uh, um, playing with him. So I wasn't worried. Whatever was going to happen is going to happen. If I deserve minutes, uh, I'd get them. If not. Uh, uh, maybe I'd have to go somewhere else. So that's that's pretty much ultimately what happened. Correct, correct. And now we we leave New York, traded to the Bulls for the Oak Man. Charles Oakley comes to the Knicks. Bill Cartwright goes out to the uh, Chicago Bulls, and it it wasn't a bad move for your career at all, was it, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just really happy that. Uh, these guys had, you know, a lot of faith in me. But uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, Jerry Krause, uh, at that time, Doug Collins was the head coach, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to trade for me. And, uh, you know, I thought that I was, there was a real need for me to be on the team, to have, uh, to, to have a big guy who could play that position, uh, both uh, offensively and mainly defensively, to be able to hold that spot down. So uh, I was I was very pleased. Oh, I would be too. Going to a team with Michael Jordan, they found the Oak Man to be dispensable when Horace Grant came into his own. People uh, may remember Horace Grant at the beginning of of the Bulls dynasty. Uh, how did how did you and Jordan uh, square up on the floor, Bill? How how did uh, you you work with Michael? You know, I'm uh, my thing is that, and, and I think people get confused because. Uh, as we've talked about, my heroes growing up were, uh, you know, well, Jerry, uh, like I said, uh, you see Walt Fraser on the court. Right. 
Uh, that's the guys that I grew up with. So when I come to the Bulls, uh, we get great, we got great young guys. They're just like young, talented guys. And that's to me, that's who they are. Now to a lot of people, they're like heroes. I'm like, no, it's just young kids. Mm-hmm. So that's, that was my interpretation of those guys. I was just happy to be with this team and a young, uh, Michael Jordan, a young Horace Grant, a young and wild Scotty Pippen. <laughs> um, very, very talented, and it was going to take us a bit to figure ourselves out and develop, but eventually it did happen. So, um, for me, uh, I was I was the old guy on the team coming in there, and I think I was probably thirty or thirty-one. <laughs> Yeah, the old guy, the old man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, that was that was my role coming in. So I was just happy to be in there and happy to participate with those guys. And you know, it was a special time. We had a special GM with Jerry Krause. Uh, we had a special strength and conditioning coach with uh, Albert Mill, who I learned a lot from about lifting and running and. Uh, all the things I'd never worked on before that way physically. And we had a great coaching staff with, uh, you know, when Doug was there, there was still Phil Jackson, there was, uh, Johnny Bach, and of course, my, one of my mentors is, uh, Tex Winter. Mm-hmm. And, Thanks. uh, and another guy that was there was, uh, Jim Clements, who actually I played with for a year in New York. Yeah, so Jim played great, for the Knicks. Yep. Yeah, we had a great coaching staff. Great teachers of basketball. Um, it was like nothing that I had experienced. So it was fun. It was fun. It was, it was good learning. And, uh, fortunately we were able to, to, to build, build slowly, but, uh, to be able to build a scheme defensively and offensively, uh, with all this young talent that we had. The early days of a dynasty, folks. That's where, what, Bill's talking about right now. Bill Cartwright with us tonight. Now, Phil Jackson, Bill, was he the best coach that you that you've ever played for? Well, uh, I got five and six of the rings, so I should say <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you got to remember, I, I played for um, a lot of different coaches because I did have Phil's old coach uh, with Red Holtzman. Red, that's a great one, that. yeah. Yeah, after that, I did play for Yubi uh, Brown. Another one. Uh, after that, I played for Bobby Hull. <sighs> the uh, tall Bobby Hull. He's a good man. And after that, before they got traded, I uh, I played for Rick Pitino. So, oh, yeah, uh, I forgot he was with the Knicks, Bill. That's right, Patino. You know, he was at my basketball camp when I was a kid. They used to call him Richie Patino back then. He was a real little smart, smart, uh, smart-ass kid. And, uh, yeah. I guess he was, he was, uh, with BU at the time. And he used to take my team. Uh, we'd have, uh, coaches would shift their spots in the afternoon before we played a game. Now he'd take our team and he'd, he'd, he'd make us run the, uh, the suicide drill until we couldn't go anymore because he knew we were playing his team that day. So <laughs> he used to kill us. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, 
That's not good. No. <laughs> but but it, it all worked out in the end. I think we beat him that day anyway. But uh, no. Phil Jackson, uh, did, did you, ever, you never played with Phil on the Knicks, did you? No, I no. played against Phil. At the end of Phil's career, Phil was with uh, the Nets. Right, yeah. So, so I actually played against Phil. Um, and uh, at, at that point in time, then after that, he decided to uh, either go to law school or coach. So uh, he ended up coaching, obviously, and uh, just worked his way up. He did, the great Phil Jackson. Head and shoulders, as they used to call him back in the Nick Championship days. Bill Cartwright with us tonight on the program. How about leaving the Bulls, Bill? That that had to be kind of bittersweet for you. Well, no, the Bulls were in transition at that point in time. And, you know, we had won three championships, and my contract was up, and... Um, I, I wasn't worried about anything. I was I was really appreciative of everything that happened in Chicago. Um, you know, like I said, I, I had a great relationship with uh, Jerry Krause, and 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 I, and I had a great relationship all the way up until he passed. So, um, you know, he treated me extraordinarily well. So I, I wasn't worried about anything. And uh, then uh, after that, I had an opportunity to. To, to go to Seattle and they, they had a really good team, uh, with, uh, Gary Payton, Sean Kim, Dallas Shrimp, Nate McMillan, um, Sam Perkins. Right. Uh, it was disappointing how we ended the season. We didn't, we didn't grow, I think, as, as, as a team. Uh, at, by the end of the year, we were still a really good team, but we, we just didn't ever got any better. And we ended up getting beat by the Lakers in the playoffs, which was was disappointing. But but it is what it is. So that was my last year in the league um, playing. And then after that, I decided to uh, go back to Sacramento, go to grad school, and then kind of figure out what I wanted to do uh, after my playing days and. After all my genius and all my thinking, um, I was going to be a McDonald's operator. Own a McDonald's and have a McDonald's in California. I was ready to go. And then I got a phone call from the Bulls GM, Jerry Krause, asking me if I wanted to coach. And I thought, hmm, this is interesting. So initially, I I didn't tell them no, but I was kind of telling them that I think there's some other guys there who are ahead of me. I'm not going to step over those guys. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, I understand that. And then he called me back two days later and said, don't worry about those guys. Uh, I got those guys. They're all set, and I want you to come to Chicago and coach. And I thought maybe... That's where I'm being led, and maybe that's what I should be doing. So I ended up making a full circle and going back to Chicago to coach on the last two championship teams. So um, Jerry had the faith in me. Good move, Bill. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Bill, Bill allowed me back on the staff, and it was fun. It was it was uh, it was it was different. 
Uh, it was the same system, so I was really comfortable. Uh, a lot of the same guys. So it was fun. It was a great learning experience. And that, uh, how to be an NBA coach. You, you certainly had enough direction and influence in, in your career from all the guys that we mentioned to make you a great coach. That's for sure. That, uh, that, uh, is my opinion anyway. Now, Bill, I wanted to ask you, you are an avid fan of doo-wop music. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us who your favorite groups are. Well, there's a lot of groups. That, that I can say. Well, I will tell you that um, I can remember I was in, this is years ago, I was in Hawaii, and I was standing in a line, uh, myself and my wife. There was a food line, and this guy was standing behind me, and he was telling me that, you know, I was from New York, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, what, what did you do? He says, I used to sing. And I'm like, he said, my name is... Uh, Freddie Cannon. Oh, yeah. I said, for... I said, you're you're Freddie Boom Boom Cannon, and he was like <laughs> su- he was like really surprised that I I knew who he was. So I was I was laughing because I was I was telling my wife we got to get something signed by this guy. It's like incredible. <laughs> what a great opportunity. Yeah, you, you never know who you're going to run into. There's Freddie Boom Boom Cannon. Some guy offered me an interview the other day with Joey D. You know who Joey D is, Bill? Yeah. Joey sure D do. and the Starlighters. <laughs> you you yeah, never know what's yeah. going to happen. Now, now you also collect transistor radios, Bill. I find that fascinating. Yeah, I just, I just like 50 stuff. You know, I was born in 57. That's, that's my year. So I, I really like that stuff. It's really cool. It's really classical. Uh, it's not the easiest thing to work on. So you better get something that's in uh, pretty good shape. Yeah. But uh, uh, it's just cool. It's just something to do. It's, 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 it's a really good hobby. I mean, I don't have a lot of them. I probably have like 40 of them. I know guys with 500 of them. Oh, man. So I, yeah. I can't handle that. Right. I just I buy a really small and uh, just just hope when I, I I turn them on they they play. If not, that that could be a serious trouble because I, I do not work on them. Well, guys like us, we uh, we grew up with transistor radios, Bill. I re- I remember listening to the Nick game, uh, listening to Marv Albert on on WNBC. Uh, broadcasting the Nick games, that was the only way you could get the home, uh, Nick games in the championship series was, uh, on radio because they had them all blacked out. And, uh, you'd, we'd have the transistor radio in, in, in the bedroom in the dark, listening to Marv Albert talking about Willis Reed coming out, hobbling out, uh, after his, uh, famous injury. That's, that's how, uh, we saw it so to speak. We saw it through the pictures that Marv Albert painted for us uh, through the theater of the mind that they call radio, and that's all due to the transistor radio. Yeah, and it was great because uh, at that point in time, they were not expensive. It's not like we had a lot of money. So, right. and, also, and also for me, I could take it with me. So uh, if I had to work or if I was like, Shooting baskets somewhere, hitting baseballs. You could take, you could take that with you. So it was, it was, it was pretty awesome. I mean, at that point in time, 
that's that was bigger than TV. That's that's all you had. Radio was part. booming. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Now, now, one thing I wanted well, to ask you, Bill, before we go, is if there was one thing that you could change, looking back, what would that have been, or would you would you not change a thing? Well, you know, it's it's always yeah, I don't know. It's you easy know, hindsight twenty twenty. Yeah, because look, you know, I was really extraordinarily fortunate to end up at the, at the same high school, you know, where they had the best coach in probably Northern California, and then to be able to go to USF with, I had a special coach there with Bob Gaylord, and I had great relationships that I still have with to today, and to be able to have an opportunity to play uh, really a ton of minutes when I was in New York and then went three championships with Chicago by just timing. And um, so, you know, I, I've been really, really fortunate. I, I should have no complaints. You know, I've been married to the same girl for 42 years. Nice. So, um, I don't know. Should I be changing something? No, I wouldn't, Bill. I No. <laughs> you, you've done really well, and we're proud of you. And I tell you, Bill, it's been a real pl- pleasure speaking with you tonight. I thank you for taking time out of your Sunday night to spend it with us back up here in, in frigid New York. I wish you all the best, and thank you once again. Thank you, Bill. I, I, I really enjoyed being on. And by the way, I'm, uh, I still go to a lot of USF Dons games, so go Dons. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll have to keep in touch then, Bill. You For take sure. you take care, and I'll talk to you down the road, Bill. All right, thank you. That's Bill Cartwright, ladies and gentlemen. Up next on Sports Talk New York, we'll talk with former Met and Yankee Alvaro Espinoza. Stick around, folks. Listening to Sports Talk New York. Tune in every Sunday night at 8 p.m. on Long Island's WGBB. Broadcasting on 95.9 FM and 1240 AM. Or listen live online at WGBBradio.com. Stay connected to Sports Talk New York on WGBB by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk New York on Long Island's WGBB. And now, back to the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back to Sports Talk New York on WGBB. Uh, I'd like to ask you folks, what do you think of the uh, progress that the, the meeting that took place this week, the bargaining session? between Commissioner Manfred representing the owners and the Players Association. I don't know how long they met for. It wasn't too long, and no progress was made. So we have to see uh, when this lockout will end, if it will end, and if spring training will start on time, we don't know. As I said, the bargaining session brought nothing. We're only about a month away from pitchers and catchers. Uh, the Hall of Fame vote is coming up on January tw- 25th. Uh, some of the ballots come in uh, so far have named Bonds and Clemens and David Ortiz as uh, 
potential candidates to be inducted into Cooperstown. We will see that night who gets elected. Uh, hopefully we will see an induction weekend in Cooperstown this summer. We, we've missed the last two. Well, right now, we will carry on my wayward sons and daughters. Our next guest, he was a veteran of 12 major league seasons. He played a variety of roles for five different teams. He went from prospect with the Minnesota Twins to the starting shortstop with the New York Yankees to utility infielder with three other teams. He's also a member of the Caribbean Baseball Hall of Fame. It's great to welcome to the show tonight, Alvaro Espinoza. Alvaro, how are you tonight? All right, how you doing? I'm I'm doing great. I'm here in the, with all my grandkids in the house and having fun with them. <laughs> What's the temperature? Here it's been nice and cool, like 50, 52, 48, something like that. Yeah, well, I tell you, we're uh, we're in for it this this weekend because uh, there's a huge winter storm coming up to the northeast. I think here on Long Island, we're only going to get rain, but. It, it's a big one, and uh, don't like the frigid temperatures, Alvaro. Don't like it yeah, at all. <laughs> no, me either, especially when I was playing. That was uh, not a good time. No, no, no. Now, I want to ask you right off the bat, you grew up in Venezuela. Who were your favorite teams and your favorite players as a youth? Well, my, my favorite team always was the Yankees. Okay. The United States and, uh, and, and, and my own, and my Native country was uh, Navigantes del Magallanes. Ah. My favorite player was uh, Mr. David Concepcion. Uh, played a long time for the Red, uh, uh, Red uh, Cincinnati Reds, and uh, and I grew up uh, watching him play. And uh, I got the opportunity and lucky, and the same time they played with him twelve years and win a ball with the Tigres de Aragua. Now, there's a guy, Alvaro, who uh, is on the cusp of the Hall of Fame, Dave Concepcion, the shortstop folks for the Big Red Machine, uh, a great ball player and a vital cog in that Big Red Machine. Right, Alvaro? Yes, sir. Yes. yes. Sir, now, uh, you played baseball, basketball, and soccer as, as a youth, uh, but baseball seemed to be your passion. Now, you didn't have all the equipment necessary to play. Tell us what you used to use for equipment. Well, I, I, I never have equipment into a sign of pro baseball, to be honest with you. I always uh, barrel somebody's glove and um, and, and played uh, with, with the tennis shoe that, that my dad bought me to, to wear a whole year. And uh, in, in, and that was my, my situation. And into a time professional baseball, that's when I got my own glove and my own spike. The, the, they gave me a pair of shoes, pair of spikes, and a, and, a, and a pitching glove when I signed pro baseball with Houston Astro. Right. You signed with Houston uh, October 30th, 1978, to be exact. Um, they also signed your brother, didn't they? Yeah, we signed together. They, they don't want to sign me. It's a it's funny story. Um, we went to a lot of tryouts and all that, and they always want to sign my brother <laughs> because he he he's the one that got the tool. And uh, and my dad always said, uh, if they don't sign both, nobody gonna sign. So <laughs> and uh, finally, in the last tryout, Houston asked for Mr. Carlos Castillo. He was their scout in uh, Chingo Tech in Venezuela. And uh, finally, they 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 convinced my my dad convinced them. 
to sign both, and that's the only reason that we signed with Houston Astros. We signed at the same time, me and my brother, Roberto. Right, Roberto. And uh, the Astros released you on September 30th, 1980, but you weren't sure you'd be able to play in the U.S. again. You went back to Valencia, and you were, you were selling hot dogs. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. I, uh, I got my own... Uh, Little car that with my cousin that we was selling hot dogs and hamburgers and uh, and uh, you know we was making a, a decent money and uh, finally one day the, my dad came to me and and, and told me that somebody from Minnesota Twin was calling and I say no no I don't want to talk to I was trying to give up on baseball so thank thank to my dad that he convinced me and the next day so they called me twice mm-hmm. and first and the first first first, first Phone call. They they called. Uh, I I I denied. I I don't want to talk to them. And uh, and the second day, my dad came again, and and uh, and he convinced me they they go talk to Mister Hank Izquierdo. He was uh, the scout with Minnesota Twins. Right. And uh, th- you signed with them, and they sent you to Class A California League, and you roomed with uh, a baseball Hall of Famer. And we'll tell the folks. <laughs> that the Baseball Hall of Famer was a Hall of Famer with the Minnesota Twins. He unfortunately is uh, deceased right now, but you may have guessed by now that his name is Kirby Puckett. Tell us a little bit about living with Kirby Puckett. Yes, my, my brother. Uh, yeah. He's, he's, he's in the skies right now with God, and uh, he helped me tremendously. Uh, Kirby was my, my brother to me, and... Uh, he helped me with my broken English that I got right now. And, uh, <laughs> we roomed for three for three years in the minor leagues, and uh, we started in the Wisconsin Rapids in Low A. Me and Kirby, and then we went to California League, and then we went to Triple A. We never played Double A. Me and Kirby, we passed uh, all the way to Triple A, and uh, we always was roommate together. And uh, he helped me and everything that you, that you know it. Uh, uh, and my English and how the, the culture here, how to take care, how I to, to take care of myself and, and all that. He was uh, a true friend and, and it, it, no one like that come around no more. No, Kirby Puckett, folks, that, that's exactly right. Now, Kirby told you, Alvaro, to, to help with your English to watch TV, right? <laughs> yes, yes, he helped me. Sometimes he gave me a class. It's, some days when the day off, he gave me a 45 minute class. He, he, he bought a, a blackboard with chalk and uh, he was telling me how, how to write, how to pronounce and all those little things that like a, like a teacher. And uh, he took his time and, uh, and he, he helped me tremendously. It's Kirby Poker. I owe him so much in my career. The, and uh, and that gave us the opportunity to to play together in the minor leagues and play together in the big leagues. So and uh, and I thank him for everything. Every time I get the chance. We're speaking with Alvaro Espinoza tonight on the program. Uh, as as we said, you played winter ball with Davy Concepcion, uh, another Venezuelan hero, and also another guy who helped you along the way. Old timers will recommend uh, recognize the uh, the name like uh, old timers like myself, Vic Davalio. Exactly. Yeah, I had the opportunity to play like eight, nine years with Vic Davalio. There was uh, he, he helped me with my hitting and and to have you know 
to learn how to play the game right in the right way. And, uh, and those guys, or everybody that I play with, uh, helped me tremendously. And, uh, I learned everything from David Concepcion, how to play that shortstop position. And, and, uh, and with Vic, a little bit of hitting. It, it, it was, I, I've been playing with a lot of great teammates and, and, uh, I've been, I'm being blessed. I've been blessed because I play with a lot of Hall of Fame, a lot of guys with three thousand head and, uh, and with great teammates and that's, that's all, all about, you know. That's true. That's true, Alvaro. You're right. You got a lot of, a lot of great friends along the way that helped you. Do you remember your major league debut? I debuted in, in Texas in September 14, if I'm wrong. Something yes. Like that. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and uh, so I was hurt that time. They, Minnesota called me up because I was a prospect. And uh, and and Billy Garner was the manager in, in that time with Minnesota Twins. And uh, when uh, when I got to Texas, and uh, he called me to the office, and uh, he explained to me why I know was gonna play too much because my knee. I just hurt my knee, mm-hmm. and uh, he just I did my debut in defense, one inning on defense in nineteen. 19- 1984. Right. September 14th. Alvaro went in as a defensive replacement. As he says, he replaced. Here's another name that the old timers like myself will recognize. Chris Beyer was the the guy that uh, Alvaro replaced. Yes, sir. Yep, that is correct. Now, Talk a little bit about more your time with the Twins. You, you played uh, for, as you said, with Ray Miller, was the skipper. You uh, you really took advantage of your time in Minnesota. Yes, I learned a lot because I play with, like I said, I play with a great teammate with Ken Herbert, Tom Bernanke, Tim mm-hmm. Launer, uh, Randy Butch, uh, Greg Guiney, uh, Gary Gaetti. Lambardosi, Kirby Pocket, you know, it was, you name it, and, uh, and thank God they gave me the opportunity to play the, in, in that team and a great organization, and, and I enjoy it, I enjoy it, you know, that's, that's a uh, haven. When you play in the minor leagues and they call you to the big league, you never want to go back, back to the minor league. Oh so, no. <laughs> and, uh, you just gotta take, uh, take advantage of the, when they give you the opportunity and, and, and that's what I did. Thank God. You certainly did, Alvaro. Now, in 1989, you're invited to spring training with, uh, the New York Yankees. There you go. And uh, you, you had the opportunity to make the team as a utility infielder. And then, uh, Rafael Santana, who we remember here, uh, with the New York Mets in 1986. Rafael Santana goes down with an injury and, uh, Dallas Green lets you have, have a shot right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was practicing in the backfield when spin training was in for Lauderdale and Commercial Avenue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I was practicing in the backfield, and, and Mr. Pat Corrales came down to the, the backfield, and he called me, and I thought I was in trouble. <laughs> because he got, me out, he, he got me out of practice, and he said, hey, you got to go come to the office. And uh, that's the only words he said. You got to come to the office. Oh you know, no! Why? Yeah, I said, "Wow, what? I'm in trouble. I stay in my room. Why I'm in trouble? I stay in my room last night. I don't went out. I went to bed early." Yeah. And when uh, uh, when I got to the to the office, it was Mister George Stembrainer and the right side sitting down, and Mister Dallas Green and he, and his desk, and uh, they told me to stand down, sit down. 
and they asked me, Mr. Sembrin asked me if I can play short. And I said, of course, that's why I'm here. That's why I wear this beauty uniform. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's all he told me, okay, well, that's good. And Mr. Dallas Green told me, he gave, gave me the news. Uh, I, 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 was, I was in shock. I, I don't believe it. When Mr. Dallas Green told me that I was going to get the opportunity to play short. And uh, every day then he told me, I don't care if I, you hit nothing. I don't care about you hitting. I just want you to go play defense and help my pitching style. And uh, I was inside. I was crying, to be honest with you. And my, inside my body, I just I was crying. I don't believe it. And and uh, when Mr. Corrales started give me a hug and they get check my hand and I I got out of the the, <laughs> the office before they changed the mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh boy. And, uh, and I went and I went out. I was the first thing I went to call my my parents and my, my all my family and told the news that I was going to be on the big league with the with the New York Yankees. And it was it was uh, the best time of my life, to be honest. There's Alvaro getting called into the office uh, with the boss George Steinbrenner, and you, you can imagine how he felt, like he just described. Forget about it. What a what a feeling that must have been. Now, Alvaro hit uh, 282 in 146 games. So you not only played defense, Alvaro, you hit you hit well too. Yes, that year was. I think I was. I cannot believe it. You know, I, uh, I got a lot of help from Mr. Frank Howard, who was my hitting coach. Big Frank and Howard. Teach, yes, he, he teach me a lot, and 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 uh, the help that I got from that monthly big sides and all my teammates, and uh, you know they give me the, they believe in myself, and I I I believe in myself also. So that was a good combo, and that that, and I take opportunity of, of the the opportunity was given me to play with the best team and and the whole major league, the the New York Yankees, and uh, and thank God I got a, a great year that year. Definitely, that is for sure, Alvaro. Now, uh, Bucky Dent took over from Dallas Green, and after Dallas Green was a gentleman by the name of Stump Merrill. Now, Stump came through the Yankee system. He was a minor league manager. Uh, George promoted him to the to the major leagues. You didn't really get along with Stump Merrill too well. Well, no, no, we got along. We just got, you know, a little problem that happened in baseball. Mm-hmm. And uh, in opening day, I remember opening day in Detroit, uh, I opened, I, I, I started the season at short, and I got three hits. I did, if I, I think I, I got two or three hits that day. And the next day, I was on the bench. And, uh, and I was disappointed, to be honest with you. Sure. So I don't say nothing. I don't say nothing. I was mad. You know, why I know what's playing. I supposed to be the everyday show stuff. I got three hit the opening day with no call. And Mr. Mr. Phil Risuto and Tom Seaver came down and talked to me. And uh, he, uh, they asked me why I not was playing. I told them, I don't know. And Mr. Tom Silver and Mr. Phil Risuto tell me, convince me to go talk to Mr. Stump in his office. Mm-hmm. And I say, no, I cannot do that. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get fired. <laughs> so finally I went to talk to Stump and, and, and he told me, no, I'm looking for more offense. 
and uh, from Randy Bellardi. Randy Bellardi was uh, the other guy that was with me. And I, I said, okay, uh, yes, uh, I'm going to be ready anytime you need me. That's what I told. So, uh, and uh, I came back out and I told Mr. Risudo and, and Tom Seaver that this is what I, uh, Mr. Tom told me that he's looking for more, he's going to look for more offense. And they got mad and uh, they started screaming at me and say, well, you got three hit, you're supposed to. So it was, it was, uh, uh, well, it's nothing happened. I, I got the opportunity back and, and I just, I went to play my game and, and uh, I don't, I, I got, a, I get along with Tom everywhere I see it. If I, it, you know, I say hi and all that, but uh, no, it's, it's a little problem that happen in baseball. Right. And uh, just a situation that, that pops up on occasion, uh, in your baseball career. It must have been great though, having two Hall of Famers like Scooter Rizzuto and the great Tom oh Seaver to come down and, and give you some encouragement. Yeah, they, 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 and they told me, we walk, we back you up. I said, oh my goodness. And, uh, I, I get along with Tom and, and, and feel, feel what, like my dad from, to me. And, uh, and he helped me a lot to how to handle the 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 the, the, the press and the and the, and the pressure in, in New York. So they helped me a lot, tremendously. Now you ended up leaving New York, Alvera, which must have been tough for you. But you you go to Cleveland and uh, you come into a nice situation with guys like Tommy, Omar Vizquel, Carlos Baerga. But uh, they also reduced your playing time, didn't didn't that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The, yeah. My first day that I came, I came to Cleveland to spring training. Uh, Mr. Mahagro called me to his office and, and, and he was very clear to me. And uh, he told me, you know, that I know what's going to be the everyday show stuff. That I was going to be his number one utility guy. So he told me to learn how to play first, learn how to play second, and learn how to play third base. When I know that you can catch a ball and, uh, and he told me, you know what you got to do, so don't worry about it. You got the teammate. You made the team already. You're going to be my number one uh, utility guy. Go do what you you know to do and uh, to get ready, and that's what, that's what I did. So I learned my new role as a utility. In the beginning, I know what's happy. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm a very professional in what I do, mm-hmm. and I took it right, and uh, that's spent my career for, for, for a few more years. It sure did. You're right. Now, uh, you were famous, Alvaro, uh, for doing something with your bubble gum. <laughs> Tell us about the bubble gum prank. Well, that's, that's, that's something that came to my mind, uh, you know, to keep everybody relaxing and, and, and the bench when I not was playing and when everybody else not was playing. And, uh, especially when we was winning, you know, we, we like to have fun and, and uh, I came with the bubble gum. I'm trying to catch my my teammates asleep in the, in the dugout, <laughs> and that's what I started to do. They put bubble gum and on top of the hat when and uh, and the TV started catching up, and and you know they came came famous because of that. So we have fun, and that's the name of the game. You know, you gotta have fun with what you do, and especially when you're winning. Right, you gotta keep it loose. You're right, Alvaro. Now, did uh, did. Any of the guys ever go out on the field with the gum on their hat? Sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes. I don't remember who. But they, they, there was a couple that went went up with the 
with the bubble gum and the, and the, and the hat. <laughs> Like you say, we got to keep everybody loose. Now that that was your your days with Cleveland. You went to the division series. You played Seattle in the AL championship series. You 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 appeared in four games. You got one hit, and eight at bats. Not too shabby. Uh, but the Indians lost to the Marlins. The, that was the year the Marlins uh, took the Indians in six games. But at least you you got to play in the World Series, Alvaro. I got to play in the World Series, and I'm very happy and very fortunate to, to to appear in the World Series because a lot of good players, a lot of Hall of Famers, that they never got the opportunity to 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 play in the World Series, and uh, I thank God for that opportunity, and uh, I enjoy very very much to play in the World Series, and I have a lot of fun, and and that's why everybody, every ball player, sign a contract to to go to have the chance to play in the World Series, and thank God I did. That's correct. Yeah, what what a great opportunity. Alvaro Espinosa with us tonight on the program. Now you, you come to the New York Mets, and the, the Mets gave you a nice opportunity too. Yes, because Dallas Green. Yeah. Dallas Green was managing in, uh, in, in New York Mets, and uh, the, they trade me and Carlos Barriga to the Mets for Biscayne and Jet Ken. And... Uh, and I got a good opportunity. I took my, my, my chances and, and I did great. I think that was the only year that I hit over 300 and, and the big league. And, uh, for I was playing second, short, third and a pinch hitter. And, uh, I enjoyed, I enjoyed, that was my only year in the National League. And, uh, I enjoyed uh, very much the, the short, uh, the short time that I was in the National League. They say, uh, Alvaro that, you were one of uh, the the great New York Yankees PA announcer Bob Shepard's favorite names to announce. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Well, let me let me tell you something about Mr. Bob Shepard. Go ahead. And uh, and uh, Mr. Bob Shepard came to my to the clubhouse to my locker, and uh, he asked me for a favor. If I if I can go up every day when I come to the ballpark. To pronounce my name in front of him and his office. Okay. And that's what I did. I was going up to his office and I started pronounce my name, Alvaro Espinosa, and he repeated. And I do it again, Alvaro Espinosa. Into I, he, he got it. How <laughs> uh, say my name right? And uh, he loved it. Uh, we have so much fun. Me and Mr. Bo Shepard would oh wow. And then I find out that it was my my. My name was his favorite uh, to, uh, to him to pronounce. Yeah. And Yankee Stadium, and that was, that was, it was great. It made me feel tremendously because all the stars and all the, the, the superstars, they go through the New York Yankees. To, for me to, by name, to be his favorite, it was something, something unbelievable. What a great honor. Yeah, that's for sure, Alvaro. Alvaro Espinosa is our guest. Now, one other thing you're famous for, Alvaro, is uh, you hit a ball at the uh, Metrodome, and what happened to it? It got stuck somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it got stuck. I just run like crazy. I just ran like crazy. Yeah. And uh, so a couple of players that hit that hit that, that spot. I think me and somebody else. I if I, I'm 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 wrong. And uh, Dave and Dave I, Kingman. I Dave Kingman. Dave Kidman. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Me and Dave Kidman hit that spot and uh, 
and uh, it was uh, something unbelievable. It's, it's hard to do, and uh, only two players, you know, all that, the, everybody playing the Metrodome, the only two players that, that happened, so it was something else. Amazing. Well, Alvaro Espinosa, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for taking time out of your Sunday night to be with us back here in New York. Stay well, and thanks again, Alvaro. No, thank you for the opportunity, and uh, and uh, any time that uh, I'm available, I'm never say no to to you guys, and and uh, because of you guys, I am what I am. I I, I am what I am, what I am. And you're uh, a great a man, that's for sure. Guy. We will keep in touch thank with you, Alvaro. You take care. Thank you very much. You do this, the same. That's Alvaro Espinosa, folks. Well, that'll do it for me tonight on Sports Talk New York. I'd like to thank my guests, Bill Cartwright and Alvaro Espinosa, my engineer, Brian Graves, and, of course, you guys for joining us. I'll see you next week on the 23rd. We'll have former Met Turk Wendell with us. Till then, be safe and be well. Bill Donahue wishing you a good evening, folks. The views expressed in the previous program did not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB.